Welcome to the Hockey Writers Prospect Corner, a show with our top prospects writing crew, bringing you the latest news, analysis, scouting reports, mocks, rankings, and much more. From the world juniors to the NHL draft floor, from the farm to the NHL, our team covers everything that happens in the world of prospects. So sit back, grab a notebook, and get ready for Prospect Corner. Prospect Corner. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Prospect Corner here at the Hockey Writers. I'm your host, Matthew Zator, and I, as always, I'm joined in by my prospect experts <laughs> at the Hockey Writers, Peter Barracchini and Day- Dayton Reimer. Uh, guys, we're going to do another mock draft where uh, we've done one this season already, but Dayton, you're you're going to join us uh, for, for the, your first mock draft here at Prospect Corner, so uh, it's going to be fun. Peter, how's it going? Going great. I know uh, last week was a little bit hectic in getting an episode out, but now that we are back on track, things are looking great. And yeah, I can't wait to uh, always, always, it's always fun doing these mock drafts. You know, we see who moves up, who moves down, how mad we are going to be. Well, <laughs> not, not for me anyways, because the Maple Leafs are not in it at the moment. Same with your Canucks, but Sens are still in there. So Dayton's got something to look forward to right now. <laughs> yeah. <you> go. yeah. <laughs> and Dayton, how's it going? It's good. Yeah. Uh, the weekend I was hanging out with some family back in Alberta. So we went to a Tigers game, as you may have seen the change in the background. <laughs> um, that was a gift from my uncle. It's uh, I don't know if you can see it. I move my head there, but there is an autograph on the on the logo. That's from Jay Bomeister. Oh, oh, nice. <laughs> so we got to talk a whole bunch of hockey and it was just great to, uh, hanging with family who uh you know, you don't get to see often and they're all huge hockey nerds. Maybe not quite as me, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, awesome. that's why I'm on a podcast talking hockey right now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, I mean, Medicine Hat Tigers have a, a few guys in uh, the draft this year. They also got one that could potentially be a uh, top two, maybe even the first overall pick in 2026. I, you never know. <laughs> Kevin McKenna is looking like a pretty big star right now. Uh, but yeah, we're, we'll, we'll get to that uh, obviously in a, a couple seasons, but back to the 2024 draft. Uh, before we get to our, our second mock draft of the season here, we had the hockey Raiders recently expanded our content with the sub stack dedicated to every NHL team. We also got one dedicated to the NHL draft and prospects S- sign up to get all the prospect articles delivered directly to your inbox multiple times a week we also got the premium tier with exclusive content articles mailbags prospect interviews and more there's a great one by Dayton we mentioned it on the last episode uh there's also I believe you've got another one out or is it your it's coming up uh but there's going to be a lot more uh of premium content at the Substack uh, as we get closer to the draft I know Dayton you're going to have a, a rankings out uh with that too so keep an eye out uh, and you can sign up in the link below there. Okay, let's go move on to our mock draft. And we I did a randomizer, I threw our names into a random list. And Dayton, you've got the first overall pick. You're going to represent the Blackhawks. I, they're going to get the first overall pick again, looking like it right now, unless they don't win the lottery and end up being last and have the best odds. But as of right now, I, as of the standings that I took from last yesterday, 
as we were recording. That would be February 19th as of the games ending there. Blackhawks had the best odds, and we're just going by points percentage. I didn't run Tankathon or anything like that. At Seoul, Chicago Blackhawks have the first overall pick. Dayton, you are on the clock, and I'm sure we know who's going to be first overall. <laughs> yeah, no surprises. Um, Macklin Celebrini is the first overall pick, and I think there's some guys who are pushing him for that, but right now it's he's still uncontested. Like We saw how good he is at the World Juniors, and on a Canadian team that just couldn't get out of their own way, he was the one who shone. Um, he, he could make things happen. He could play defense. He could, you know, score goals. I think he led the team in points, uh, or at least was up there. I'm fuzzy on, on all of those details now, but looked really, really good, really solid. And with, uh, back in the NCAA, he's, he's still like, he hasn't slowed down. So there's no question. He's first overall Chicago gets it again. Then yeah, he's going there. What a great one-two punch with him and Bedard, hey? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just like Taves and Kane again here. I yeah, speak well for the future, then. Yeah, that there to be set. Yeah, Celebrini's got 23 goals and 43 points in 28 games right now uh, for Boston University. So, and eight points in five games at the World Juniors. So that's pretty good. And he's he just got his uh, goal streak broken. And not that long ago, he was on one, two, three, four, five, six game goal streak. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been hey, on fire. I'll, I'll, I'll change uh, who I picked then. <laughs> yeah, celebrating breaking those streaks. Pick. Yeah, it, it's it's right now. I think he's the he's the consensus uh, unless something happens. All right, uh, second overall pick is the San Jose Sharks. They could also have the chance of the first overall if they win the lottery. Uh, Peter, you are on the clock for the Sharks. Uh, who are they getting? It may not be Macklin Celebrity, but the San Jose Sharks are going, or I'm going to pick uh, Ivan Demidov for the San Jose Sharks right now. And obviously the whole Russia factor is still a big concern and everything like that. But when you're on a 17 game point streak, probably longer right now, and you're putting up 28 points in the span of your last 10 games, you're doing something right. And, you know, it's hard not to look over the fact that he is extremely skilled. He could pull off plays and moves at an unprecedented pace and he can make them look so simple, even though that is a high degree of difficulty. I mean, earlier today, I just saw a clip of him going end to end and just wiring the shot as soon as he enters uh, the zone past the blue line. And it's just like, are you kidding me? You know, he's <laughs> he like, I know this is the, the, the draft out of the defenseman and there are a lot of names that will probably go very soon. But with the skill that Demidov has right now, it's probably, I wouldn't, maybe on par or just as creative as Celebrini right now because both of them are very electric and dynamic with their puck skills. Celebrini, more of a shooter. Demidov, more of a playmaker and a master of deception kind of thing. But, you know, the Sharks have a lot of players in their system, and I do think that this is going to be one electrifying pick that they will not regret. That's... The one thing about uh, the Sharks is they're they're building. They're they got Will Smith mm -hmm. this past uh, draft. They got they're they've got some young pieces that they're coming up. It could obviously use a defenseman as well. Uh, that their back end's a little bit weak on that, but they need to build up their forwards too. And you know, Willie Macklin, Will Smith. Uh, now uh, now you've got Demidov in there. 
that's a pretty good uh, future in your top six. So uh, yeah, if Demidov actually goes to the Sharks, the second overall, or even if they get Macklin Celebrini, that's uh, that's a pretty good forward core to move around there. All right, moving California again here, Anaheim Ducks, the third overall pick, and I've got that one. They could go a few ways. Uh, they traded Jamie Drysdale. Uh, that was a big part of their future on defense. They've got a pretty strong defensive core. They got a lot of good forwards in the pipeline. So they could actually go multiple ways here. But I'm going to go with Artem Levshunov as uh, as my pick for the Ducks. Add more to their defensive core. Uh, Drysdale was a right-hand shot as well. So Levshunov kind of just slides in. Um, they got Cutter Goche, so that was you know, they kind of built up their forwards. So Levshunov is, and he's another one being really good in the NCAA. I've already mentioned him multiple times of how good he's, he could be as a two-way defenseman. Uh, he's a lot like uh, Owen Power in the, in a way. Uh, and he went first overall. So I think he's going to end up being a really good piece for the Ducks if they can get him at, uh, at third overall, if they end up being third. But as of in our mock draft, they are. So I'm going to go with Lev Shunov uh, for the Ducks here. All right, Dayton, you're up. Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, another bad season for them. Uh, injuries aren't playing a factor as much this season as they did last season, but they're still ending up being right at the bottom here. So who are they going to add to their already impressive prospect pool? Yeah, impressive is right. The They have so much talent right now, and I think their biggest problem is just they're too young, right? They don't have a lot of those really influential veterans like Boone Jenner for sure. Yeah. But they're just, they're building, right? They're stockpiling. And after looking over some of their depth, I was reminded of how deep they are defensively. <laughs> just so many good guys, right? They've got David Yerichek, Denton Matejchuk, Carson Kulemans. Um, Those guys are basically all projected to be top two, top four defensemen. Um, like they're set on defense mm -hmm. <laughs> on forwards. I mean, you've got Adam Fantilli, you got uh, Kent Johnson, Mike Sillinger, pretty good. Kirill Marchenko, Yegor Chinikov, Jordan Dume, pretty good. <laughs> um, you know, but they are struggling to score, right? Mm -hmm. They can't seem to put the puck in the net. And a lot of those guys are, on the smaller end of things. Not all of them, but they don't have a lot of size. Mm -hmm. So a lot of buildup. I like the buildup. Uh, <laughs> Columbus, I'm going with Caden Lindstrom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a huge surprise. He's got the size. He's got incredible all-around skills. Uh, he can be that physical guy that you want. Um, there's a little bit of injury issues, but when I look at him and think of who he reminds me of it's like a quentin byfield mm. like maybe not quite a, uh up there but that's that's his potential and adding someone like that for a struggling team like the blue jackets should get them over a hump in a couple of years while those other guys are developing yeah caden lindstrom i i could definitely see him going at this point of the draft i mean i think he we've talked about him being a top five so the blue jackets would really uh bolster that uh down the middle i mean talked about them in the past of being weak at, at the center ice position and you know adding cole sillinger and not that long ago uh that kind of 
Adds a matter of if he's a legitimate top line center, but at least he hasn't developed that yet. But Lindstrom definitely has the potential to be uh, that for for the Blue Jackets. So they can get him. That's a pretty good one-two punch down the middle. Uh, and Adam Fantilli are adding in there too. <laughs> he got three. Uh, and you know how how important cent- the center ice position is in the NHL. You need at least two uh, to be anchoring your top six. So having Lindstrom and Fantilli, I almost forgot Fantilli. I'm like I'm talking about Cole Sillinger being like, Adam Fantilli obviously is the, the top line center, but having Lindstrom behind him, man, that'd be pretty good. Okay, Peter, uh, the Arizona Coyotes. And I mean, that right now they're at this point, they're still fighting for playoff spot. They could, I mean, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs this year, but they are in this bottom part as of this, as of, as of our mock draft. So who are the coyotes adding to their already impressive prospect pool as well? The, it, it really is tough because they could go a lot of different routes. They could still add forwards. They could still add defense because all you're looking at in terms of defense is Maverick Lamaru and Dmitry Simashev as your go-to anchors on the back end for the future. You know, you got a good solid core foundation with Clayton Keller, Dylan Genther, Logan Cooley right now, but you know, that left side is a little bit weak. Um, obviously, both Keller and Genther can play both right or left. They have that flexibility right there. But in terms of just solid left wings, they really don't have one. And, you know, they went NTDP with Logan Cooley. And I think they would probably try to make that connection and reunite and have a playmaker or um, you know, have that balance of playmaker and sniper. And I'm going with Cole Eiserman fifth overall because of that shot. And we've talked extensively about why he has dropped, you know, defensive awareness, engagement, not using the size a little bit more improved playmaking, but still not as much of a factor. And we talk about how, you know, he's not as engaging. He lets the play come to him a lot. When you have a play driver like Cooley, I think you could try and sit back a little bit, but he needs to show that and he still needs to play at a high level in order to keep up with Cooley. That said, his skating is not that great. He needs to work on a lot of things, but you cannot deny the shot. And if he gets into the right spot and Cooley dishes, that 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 just seems like a good one-two punch right there. And that's also throwing Clayton Keller and Dylan Genther as other playmakers and shooters as well. So I think that could round up as their top six. And I'm I if Eiserman is able to develop and improve on those aspects that he needs to work on, he could be a really solid pick at at five. Yeah, I mean Eiserman, I think he's going to end up being around again around this point point of the draft. Even though we have talked about his uh, weaknesses, maybe. But having a pure shooter uh, to go along with Cooley, man, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, so Eisenman going to the Coyotes, I can definitely see. I could also see like Saleev going there at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was because, my second pick. Yeah, because of how big he is. And they seem to love the big Russians. At least the last draft they were. <laughs> they, were they were right on there. Uh, so yeah, that. but Eisenman's definitely a good pick too. All right, let's see if... I'll, I'll get Dayton's approval on the Senators pick. Uh, they've got a high pick for, I mean, the last time I think they had this high was um, Tyler Boucher. Was that the last one where they had really high pick? Yeah, Boucher was 10th. 10th. So, right. Sanderson was was higher. Sanderson was 5th. So, mm-hmm. so I'm yeah. missing. It was Sanderson that would have been. 
I so they could go multiple ways here. Defense forward, they need everything. I they do have some impressive prospects, not as high end anymore. A lot of them are in the NHL now. So we're I'm between two names here. They've got a lot on the left side of defense. So I don't know if Saleev makes sense, but man, I, I'm kind of, I have a hard time not going by him. I'm going with Saleev uh, for the Senators here. Uh, they're going to be trading either Chikrin or Shabbat. And having a guy like Saleev, who, you know, last time they had a big defenseman like this was Zidane Chara. And Chara was much bigger. I think he was, what, 6'8, six, 6'9, six, <laughs> something like that. Saleev's so six seven, but he he moves a lot like he's like a six foot one, six foot two guy. I uh, and he's really really impressive. He's number two on Logan's latest rankings. I uh, he's a very mobile defenseman for how big he is. And I think the Senators could really benefit from a defenseman like that. I uh, down the line, I think. So I'm gonna go with Saleev. I uh, what do you think, Dayton? Is that uh <laughs> do I get an approval on that one? <laughs> Ooh, that's not where I thought you were gonna go with that. Uh Saleev is a good pick. I don't know if it's a great pick for the Sens because they are so loaded on that left side. Um, they need that right-handed top guy, and so I, I might have focused on on a couple others, but yeah. I, I don't Saleev's, think it's bad, it's just not the way I would have gone. Yeah, Saleev's hard to pass up though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just such a He's a he's a different type of defenseman that you don't see a lot uh, in the NHL now. So he he's difficult to go by. But I mean, they they have so many options at this point, uh, defenseman and forward. So um, we'll see if I get roasted in the comments. Like whenever I pick for the Sens, <laughs> I always get roasted. So <laughs> I'm I'm ready for it. All right, Montreal Canadiens up, and it's over to you, Dayton. I, again, they're going to add another really good prospect to their rebuild. And uh, who do you got the Canadians going for here? Yeah, so I am now between two names. Um, and I was looking at their defense. It's okay. Like, they've got um, Caden Gooley. Gooley's very good. Um, Reinbacher, he's also very good. You know, uh, what was he, fourth overall, third overall last year? Um, like, he's going to be a top guy. Do they need more defense? Hmm. Well, beyond those two names, they don't really have anything except Lane Hudson. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Jordan Harris, Jaden Struble, but um, oh, I forgot his first name now. Norlander. Um, Matthias. Matthias. I thought that was someone. <laughs> <laughs> probably share a name that the one I'm thinking of. Um, Logan Mayu. Um uh, oh, Jordan Barron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So those Justin guys Barron. are Justin Barron. Justin. Justin. I knew it was a J. <laughs> There's a lot of names that I researched uh, this afternoon. Um, <laughs> so they all look fine, but they're not, you know, they're not high end, you know, offense heavy, great skaters. I think they're fine, but they're going to top out as a second pairing max. Right. Those are probably looking to compete for the second and third. Um, on forwards, they're kind of already set up. You got your Slavkovsky, you got Cole Caulfield, you got Nick Suzuki, Kirby Doc. Like their forward group is already kind of solid. <laughs> so for Montreal, I'm going with Zane Perek. Mm, nice. Yeah. So he's got that right handed shot. Yeah. Which is good. Um, he's a fantastic skater. He 
is going to hit a hundred points this year. And if he doesn't, then I think he's because he's injured. Um, but right now he's fine. Um, yeah. First hundred point potential hundred point defenseman since Ryan Ellis. Um, one report I saw described him as the next Kale McCarr. Like you can't let that go past seven. I think that's a little generous, but still like he, Zane Perak is a very talented player and adding that to a group like what the Canadians have gives them that high offense that they can then pair with someone like a Ryan Bacher, um, who I, Oh, I can't remember. I think he is right. So maybe that wouldn't work, but pair him with Gooley. You've got a great top line that like, how are you stopping that? That's a probably comparable to a, a, Kale McCarr and Devin Taves. Mm. So that's, I think that's who they take. It's maybe not the most talented player that they could take, but that's who I'm going to go with. Mm. It's, a, it's a good pick. I mean, uh, he's having a heck of a season. I mean, there could potentially be two 100 point defensemen uh, in the OHL this season. And that uh, that's pretty crazy since the last one, I believe, like you said, was Ryan Ellis. And that was a long time ago. So uh, lots of offense going through the defense in the OHL this season. All right, Peter, yep, for the Buffalo Sabres, this is another disappointing team this season that we thought would could potentially make the playoffs, yet they are drafting in the lottery position again. Uh, who do you go? Who do you got going for the Sabres? There's another team that's loaded in like almost every position. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I was hoping I could take Zane Parekh, uh, but um, uh, Baton already took him for <laughs> Montreal. And the other right-hand defenseman uh, was taken third over on Artem Mashunov. And when you look at the Sabres' depth, obviously they're pretty much set on the left side. You know, you got Hauer and Darlene for the next foreseeable future at this point. Um, really don't have any names on the right side. And although I would love them to do like a steal and take a Berkeley Catton, they're already set up up front. Although yeah. it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if they do, because they've done that quite a bit in the past. Um, I, I still have reservations about his defensive game, but he is extremely dynamic and I'm going with Carter Yakubchuk. They need mm-hmm. another strong or they have the mobility on the back end from Darlene and power, but they seem to be more defensive oriented. They got that two way game in them. Um, Yakim Chuck is all offense. Again, I think he has, I, for my last viewings, he has kind of improved a little bit defensively. I still have reservations about his decision making and him to be a little bit over aggressive, but he is absolutely dynamic, especially in transition. So if he's able to improve on that, I think it's going to be a great pick for the Sabres regardless, but they could use some help on that right side. Yeah, they, that's one. But I mean, I I could definitely see them going off the board and grabbing a forward as well because mm-hmm. they, they do that. Like you said, they seem to, they got Zach Benson in this past draft. Uh, not, it was this past draft, right? Benson, yes. Avoid the previous together. one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, they, they've got so many forwards, though. Uh, they mm-hmm. do need to shore up that right side, like you said. So Yakumchuk's a great pick. Uh, he's he's offense all, a lot. <laughs> he is, he's a pretty good. It'd be pretty good bat, matched with a couple of their lefties that they already got. So, yeah, great pick there. All right. 
I am up with uh, Calgary Flames, and the Flames are still within striking distance of the playoffs, but they are down here right now. Uh, so they could use everyone. Uh, I mean, their defense is they don't really have anyone coming up that's young. I on forward another one. I mean, they've got some some pretty good picks at forward too. But I, I think they're going to go defense I, because there's so many good defensemen up here. And so I'm going to go with Sam Dickinson uh, for the Calgary Flames. They are him going at this. What are we at? Nine? Nine. We're at ninth overall. I think Dickinson could potentially go around here. He could go earlier, but he's still on the board right now. So the Flames going after Dickinson. Barry potentially could be a top pairing defenseman. Uh, great two-way guy. I got a, something I think would definitely uh, entice Craig Conroy to draft a guy like this. I We all know Conroy's a two-way. He was a two-way center. So he, he likes the two-way. Obviously, Dickinson's not a centerman. But I, a guy that can do everything. And I don't think the Flames have had a guy like that in a long time. I mean, Hannafin's pretty good. But... Um, you know, going back to a guy like Mark Giordano, I, you know, just someone that can play on the power play, penalty kill, and just eat up the minutes. And Dickinson's definitely going to be that in the NHL at some point. Uh, so getting him here, the Flames are probably running up to the podium <laughs> to get him. So going with I Dickinson would. for Flames. Yeah, right here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dayton, before we get to go to break, this is rounding out our top 10, uh, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, going for their first top 10 pick in a couple seasons, I believe. Uh, so I I think the last time they had a top 10 pick, have they had a top 10 pick? May have been yeah. in their expansion draft just yeah. after that. Yeah. Uh, so back to back. Seattle Kraken, who are you going with? Well, I think the Kraken are in a really nice situation in that they have a really good, well-rounded prospect pool. Like it's not a lot of, big home runs, but they have grabbed everybody that they needed to. And they kind of just pick up who slips, right? Jagger Fergus slipped down to the second round. They picked him up and believe it or not, it's a great pick because of course it was, he should have been a first rounder. <laughs> um, and there's a few other guys that uh, jumped out as like, yeah, how do they have all the, these players? So I think they're just going to sit a 10th and wait to see who falls. And right now, I think there's one faller, and that's Berkeley Catton. So they're just going to scoop him right up. <laughs> um, I was having a difficult time figuring out where to put him in the top 10 because I just haven't you know, watched him, and there's so many good defensemen, right? Uh, Zeev Boyum hasn't been picked yet. Another fantastic player. Uh, Dickinson, ninth. Like, how do you squeeze all these guys in? And then I watched <laughs> some, some Catton, and like, oh, yeah, this guy's basically Zach Benson. <laughs> he's undersized, but he's so smart and he is unbelievably quick. And just like you need him to score a goal. All right, he's going to put the puck in the net. You need him to set up a thing. He's going to pull off the most complicated pass in the easiest way possible. Like how he pulls off his moves is just like, I don't know how he does it. It's crazy. He is so good. And so if he's still there at 10th overall, Seattle is laughing. (laughs) 
yeah, to get get him there, and then they already got Maddie Beneers. I, these uh, that's a pretty good one-two punch again at down the middle if Canton stays at center. And that's the one thing about undersized guys that are centermen in junior. Will they stay as a centerman in the NHL? We'll see. I uh, but yeah, Canton's definitely. I mean, to go and at just at ten, almost out of the top ten. I think the Kraken will be happy with that one if that's what happens. <laughs> All right. Before we move on to the rest of our draft here, got to just pay the bills here and talk about the Substack again. And uh, again, there's a, there's a free version that you can sign up for that gets you all the best prospect articles on the website on the hockey writers. You also can sign up for the premium tier, which gets you exclusive articles, mailbags, bunch of different fun stuff as we get to closer to the draft and after the draft as well. Um, you can also get access to all the, it's not just prospects. You can get hockey history, um, news and rumors, all the other teams in the NHL as well. You can sign up for who you want and you'll get premium content throughout the Substack. but check that out in the, the video description below. All right, moving on. Uh, we're into the back half of the lottery picks and, uh, the Minnesota wild on the clock at 11th overall. Again, here's another team pushing for the playoffs, but right now they are in the lottery position. So 11th overall, Peter, who do you got going for the Minnesota wild? Uh, this is very, very tough right now because they could go either for defense. Uh, they're pretty much set left side because of names like, uh, Liam Ogren, you know, they got Danilo Yurov on the right-hand side for the future, but they could use a little bit more depth there aside from him, but I am going to go to defense and I am going with, uh, Ziv Booyam. Mm. Um, there is that name because on defense, they do have obviously Brock Favors tearing it up right now. Um, literally closed the gap with Bedard because of his injury for rookie of the year. But after him, that's where you started to get a little bit more question marks. You know, Jared Spurgeon's having a hard time to be healthy. Jonas Burdeen is, you know, very steady, shut down defenseman, a lot of defense, not a whole lot of offense in his game. But he could be a very strong two-way guy. But you look at their prospects, you know, Ryan O'Rourke, what's his upside like? Um, Carson Lambos, is he going to pan out the way that you would hope? At least you get some reassurance with Booyam with his puck moving ability, his skating, his transitional play. Um, and the way that he's just tearing up the NCAA right now as a freshman, along with uh, Macklin Celebrini, is just absolutely amazing of what he's able to do. Um, uh, obviously, they could probably use a right shot defenseman. Anybody would. But you can't deny his speed, his uh, ability to be a factor in the offensive zone, his vision, um, finding the crossings very easily, getting pucks on net. He could do it all. And I think the Flames are going to be, I mean, not the Flames, the Wild, they're going to be very, very happy with that. Yeah, and he could pair with Brock Faber then in the future. Mm -hmm. That'd be a pretty good top pairing. Yeah. I Because left, right. I yeah, Faber is has really established himself as a, a top guy in the NHL now. He's got 33 points in 55 games. So Booyam being, I think, would complement his style quite well. Um, and Booyam could end up being, I don't know. I mean, it, he was very mature in the World Juniors. He could end up being in the NHL sooner than, than everyone kind of expects. So uh, he could be with the Wild if that's where it goes uh, pretty soon. All right. All right. I've got the Nashville Predators at uh, 12th overall. And uh, here's another team that 
they could use, they've got some good forward prospects. They've picked a few in the last uh, few drafts. Their defense is aging. I think they're, they've got a few. Okay. I mean, there's some of their prospects on defense. I'm trying to think of one. That's a really big name that could potentially be a top pairing. I don't think they've got one. I, so I'm going to go with a guy that could potentially be a top pairing defenseman. And that is going to be, where is he now? Adam Juracek. I right again, right-hand shot. I, he could potentially be around this. I think this is where, again, where Juracek is probably going to go. I, and he's ended up being, he's a lot like his brother. I mean, <laughs> David and uh, a lot of the same type of, of attributes he's got great, uh, great guy that could be a two-way defenseman, good skater, uh, a physical. I, I think he can end up being a good offensive defenseman or even just being that good two-way guy. I, so, I mean, there is some question marks with the defensive game. I, I mean, that's going to happen with a lot of these defensemen. But you're a check going to, you know, Predators who – this is a team that knows how to develop defensemen, at least in the past they have. Roman Yossi is probably their last big guy that they've developed. Um, I mean, they used to just keep churning him out left and right. They haven't really done that in the in the recent memory. But, uh, you know, Juracek could end up being uh, a guy that could be a good top four defenseman. So I'm going with Juracek for the Predators here. All right, Dayton, you're up with the Washington Capitals. And, uh, again, another team that is, is around the playoffs. We don't know if a lot of these teams may not end up being in the lottery. But uh, right now, the Capitals are, and they can end up having a really good uh, prospect here. So who do you got for the Capitals? Yeah, the Capitals are in a bit of a tough situation with their prospect pool. Um, they've got Ryan Leonard and uh, Mirosh Nichenko and Andrew Kristal, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. After that, it's dry. Um, Connor McMichael is fine, but he's, you know, adjusting, isn't going as smoothly as it could. Um, Alexander Suzdalev looks good in uh, Saskatoon, but can he do it on his own in the professional level that I'm more skeptical on um, a lot of big question marks. So I think they want a guy who can be like a, more of a safe pick. And I know that's kind of a, uh, a buzzword at the moment, um, but somebody who has a, a very high floor, Right, they're going to make the NHL, and they're going to be a solid top six contributor. I think there's two guys available right now that can be that. I'm going to go with the one I like a little bit more, and you can uh, blast me for this later. But it's Consta Hellenius. So I think he yeah. is a top ten talent. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's about fifteen guys who fit in there this year, <laughs> so he gets bumped. Um, but he's a teenager playing in the Liga. Um, and he is, well, it's already is his second season. Um, he ranks 36th overall in points. At least last I checked, those numbers might be a little off. So I wrote this a couple of days ago. And among under 20 players, he's second <laughs> as a 17-year-old, right? Uh, under 19, he leads the group by 20 points, give or take. To me, that's 
somebody like Anton Lundell. He's got a great two-way game, but he's got more offensive uh, abilities. Adding that to a Capitals team who will be in transition here very soon, I think that's a great person to start building around. Yeah, Hellenius is going to end up being, I, we, again, we've mentioned his name quite a bit already <laughs> throughout our coverage. So uh, Hellenius is, the way he dropped, he's dropped almost to the 16. Uh, where is he here? This is the 13th. Yeah, 13th overall. I Hellenius is definitely a top 10 pick uh, in talent. But like you said, there's just so many guys that can fit in that category. So and a lot of defensemen are taking it up. And so there's not a lot of room for forwards. Uh, Linus is whoever gets him is going to get him around this spot, I think. So, yeah, the Capitals could be a fit for him, I think. And they are aging. They're, and for especially down the middle, uh, they don't really have, I mean, uh, Backstrom seems like he's on the verge of retirement uh, with his injuries and stuff. So, there's your top line center gone. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. I think I think the Capitals definitely need a guy of the Colonials, so that's a good pick. All right, Peter, you're up for the San Jose Sharks again. Uh, <laughs> I did not plan this. I This is one of their picks they acquired. So who do you got for the Sharks in their second first-round first pick? Uh, see, this was tough because I was going to take Constantinus if he was still there, but... That's okay. Um, it So I am going to go a different route. Uh, it's still going to be a forward. It's not as high as where his dad was, uh, but I am taking Tej Ginla for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Um, again, it seems like a little bit counterintuitive because I took uh, Demidov uh, with the second pick. He's a right wing, but Ginla's a center. And you're looking at their depth chart for... Um, the Sharks, you don't know what you have certainty-wise. Obviously, if you're in a rebuild mode, you're probably going to move on from Couture. Hurdle, he plays both center and wing. Um, but what do you have in Thomas Bordalo? Most likely, he's going to be a middle six type of player. Same with Philip B said. What's his offensive ceiling going to be like? You have Will Smith, but at least you have a for sure bet that you have two offensive contributors or two key guys that could take up the middle of the ice of Will Smith and TJ Ginla. And with his place, his with his pace, his tenacity, and the way that he shined during the top prospects game, I think he may be called a little bit earlier, and I don't think he'll be there where the sharks sharks are at sixteen. But I do like the way that he plays. He's already got some pro habits already, you know, especially on his defensive game too that he's working on right now. He's a little bit quick in helping out on the back back track and you know taking space away. So. I, I, I do think that they got a solid foundation up the middle of the ice right now, whether you have that certain, whether you don't have that certainly or not with Bordelow or B-Set, but if you have Will Smith and Jerome, um, not Jerome, Tija Ginla as your one, two, that's a very promising start combined with what you already have. And if they take Demidov. Yeah, there's a, I don't know. The Sharks again could go either way. They could go defense. They could go forward. Uh, cause defenseman is another position they definitely need. I, they don't have a, for a legit top pairing defenseman in their system. I mean, Mac, McKenna Dublin maybe could potentially be that in the future, but, uh, and he did look good in the NHL. I believe he's played a couple games. I know his first NHL game, he was, he looked pretty good. So who knows? He could end up being that 
and the Sharks could could go a different direction and go two defensemen with their two picks here too. But forwards definitely work too. That's two really good guys added. All right, I'm up with the New York Islanders. Now that's if Lamarillo doesn't trade it because he seems to be trading his first round picks a lot lately. I so if they do end up <laughs> keeping this this one, I it's interesting. This is another team that they could use a lot because their prospect pool is just not good. <laughs> they just don't have any real good. I mean, they've got some interesting prospects that could potentially be something, but they're not really sure things. I so they're they could go defense, they could go forward as well. And I am going to go a little bit. I don't know if Lamarillo will pick a guy like this, but I I'm gonna go Aaron Kibri Haru. I they've got good. They've got a really great. Uh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. I who's their top defenseman? Dobson. Yeah. Dobson. No Dobson. Yes, they've got a legit top pairing defenseman in Noah Dobson. But beyond him, they don't really have any anyone kind of coming up. They've got a lot of older defensemen that they re-signed for some reason. Uh, Scott Mayfield comes to mind. I'm not sure why they re-signed that guy. But Aaron Kerry-Haryu, he's going to be interesting to where he goes, first of all, if he even goes in the top 16. This is and this is 15th overall, so he's almost out of it. I, I'm going with him because he's just got so much potential as a top four defenseman. And there's not a lot of sample size this season because of his injury, but he was supposed to be a top 10 guy for sure. Uh, not that long ago. And we all know the Islanders kind of, they can pick guys like this that fall out. So maybe he is a Lamarillo pick because <laughs> they have done that in the past. So I'm going to go with that uh, with Kibi Haru. I, because Callio Delius, he dropped and they picked him. Uh, a lot later than a lot of us thought he should have gone. So Kavihari would really add to that. Uh, I forgot about Adelius. He could potentially be a top four defenseman, mm -hmm. but uh, Kavihari would really add to their defense prospect pool in the future. All right, Dayton, you've got the last pick of our top 16 here, the New Jersey Devils. Now I'm, I'm sure Devils fans don't want to have a pick here. They want to make the playoffs. But at this point, they are 16. So who are the Devils going for? Well, I'm a little heartbroken because Peter took Tej Ginla, and I think he would be <laughs> perfect for what the Devils are building right now. Um, but you're probably right. He's probably going to go a little higher. Um, I love him, though. He's such <laughs> a great player. And you really saw that at the top prospects game. Just yeah. like he didn't get uh, a goal, but he was trying and he was in all the right places, making all the right choices. So last up, what do the devils do? Well, they don't take a defenseman because they are set for the next decade, <laughs> right? What are you going to do after uh, Luke Hughes and Simon Yemich? And, um, Oh, I've forgotten their college guy. Seamus Casey. Seamus yes, Casey. Seamus Casey. Thank you. <laughs> I was thinking Ryan Chesley and that's, that's someone else. <laughs> that's but, capitals. Yes. Um, who I was looking at fairly recently. <laughs> yeah, they're they're set defense. So they're going to be looking at adding a forward because their forward group isn't great, right? Most of their best guys, Jasper Bratt, uh, Jack Hughes, Dawson Mercer, they're NHLers already. Mm -hmm. 
After them, I mean, you got Alexander Holtz, who hasn't looked fantastic. And I've seen him come up in a couple of trade rumors, potentially, um, which probably not the worst idea. <laughs> um, you know, give him a new start because it's not fitting well so far in New Jersey. Um, Arseny Gritsyuk looked good. What's his potential? Is he a Jesper Bratt or is he more of a bottom six kind of guy? Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of, a lot of big question marks with the devils. So I think they want somebody who is basically guaranteed to make the NHL, right? You want somebody safe that you can slot into that top six and you can really rely on to be a solid top or a solid two-way player. And for me, that's Michael Brancic Nygaard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you guys knew I was building up. I, I knew uh, I was going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't have the highest ceiling. Um, but he's looked really good where he's played. He was one of the only bright spots on the Norwegian team at the World Juniors. And that's not just, you know, being patronizing. He was legitimately a great player for them and did everything at, he could have done to keep them uh, in that tournament. Um, yeah, so he has a good shot. He's quick. He, uh, he's smart. Everything that the devils are looking for. And while Aginla would be, I think the gold medal, Branson Nygaard is a very satisfying silver. Yeah. I, he, he's definitely a guy that could potentially be a top 16, uh, pick because he, I love him. I, I've said that a few times. I, I, I love guys like this that can be a, he can go all over the lineup. He's good. He's he's like you said, he's a safe pick, but it's not a bad thing. I uh, you know he'll probably make the NHL. Who knows what his ceiling will be, like you said, but I think he's definitely that great. His floor is great. And like that, I think a third line guy is definitely his floor. I, I don't see him going lower than that because of how good he is as his two-way game, his motor, all that stuff. So I, I really like that pick uh, for the Devils because I, I think that's a definite Devils pick as well. Uh, TJ Ginla would be too. But uh, yeah, great pick. All right, top 16 is done. So I'll start with you, Peter. Who's the best of the rest? Who are you kind of looking at that a playoff team's going to get out of this? Uh, unless that is, I mean, there's a few picks that are for non-playoff teams because they've acquired them. But, I mean, these these guys are now out of the top 16. Who's still available that you're having your eye on here? I am very surprised that he fell out of the top 16 because I think he's played like one. I mean, he's progressively gotten better throughout the season, but that's Liam Greentree. Mm. Um, I was kind of shocked to see him fall out. Um, this is a guy who knows how to put the puck in the net. He's got that power forward-like mentality. He can shield the puck very well. Um you know, he ranks in, he, he has 29 goals. He's very high up in terms of like goal scores in the OHL right now. And it's a very tough league. So the fact that he has 73 points, you know, has a playmaker mentality as well, can draw in traffic. I He's got that mentality to produce offensively. And you could bet that one of these playoff teams is just salivating at the opportunity right now. The St. Louis Blues are right after that. The Chicago Blackhawks are as are, you know, at 
you know, further down uh, Philadelphia, they could probably steal him as well. Obviously mm-hmm. Chicago got that other pick from Tampa Bay, yeah. but you know, that's another team or another, uh, another weapon that the Hawks can utilize right there. Mm-hmm. So um, there's him. Uh, he's the one big name that is going to generate a lot of, or get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Not sure why Liam Green Greentree sounds like a Flyers pick. I don't know why. He seems he like a guy the Flyers would pick. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dane, what about you? Is there a name here that you're surprised wasn't picked in the top 16? I mean, yeah, I did have Greentree going to the Islanders uh, in my little, you know, prep for this. Um, I thought he was a good selection for that. I And I debated, could he be a devil's pick? Um, yeah, so surprising. <laughs> I think he sounds like a Flyers pick because there was a green tree who played for the Flyers. Maybe that's then. what it is. <laughs> uh, 2008 didn't last very long, if I remember correctly, but that could be why. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to remember a green tree with, yeah, with the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to look that one up. Um, but best for me, maybe a little bit out there, but, uh, Nikita Artemonov. Yeah. The Russian factor is going to play with him. Uh, mm-hmm. With Demidov, you can't pass him up. He's not going to make it past the top five. Uh, Soleyev, not going to make it past the top ten. Those guys are unbelievable talents who will go early. Artemanov, not as well known, not playing as big of a role, but still, um, he's got 22 points in the KHL. And he is third in under 20 scoring in their league he's got a high motor incredibly dangerous playmaker um there is some skating concerns sure uh but his work ethic could overcome that Mm. he's a very very interesting prospect that will almost certainly fall but he shouldn't because he's he's great (laughs) yeah he's uh he's ranked 27th on logan's latest uh rankings i don't know where he was was he on your top 32, uh, Peter? He was in my top 36. I believe he was around 16, 17. I am going to confirm that right now. It'll help if it would show <laughs> the right year. Uh, bear with me. Bear with me. I'm trying to. My search engine is not being kind to me right now. Okay, January. Um, Artemanov was 16th, yes. So he was middle of the pack for me in my January rankings. There you go. So he could have ended up being around here too. Uh, my guy is Ryder Ritchie. Uh, he could have mm-hmm. could have been a guy that would be a top 16. Uh, and he's he was rookie of the year uh, <laughs> last year, last season. And ended up, I mean, he he's had a great season this season as well. So I'm I he could potentially be in this position. I I think so. Ryder Richie's one of my guys that could that still available that uh, is really good. All right, last question before we get to our prospects of the week: underrated players that are still available that are, could become steals. Like I mean, we had a few last season. Um, and I looked up, it's Kyle Greentree that used to play for the Flyers. He only played t- two games for the Flyers. I'm not sure why. There's some names, I just, they just stick with me. I'm not sure why. I, 
but yeah, he didn't have any, he only had four games in the NHL, the Flyers and the Flames. So the rest of the AHL and not playing anywhere now. He is 40 years old. So that's a while ago. I see. I, but yeah, there was a green tree played for the Flyers. All right. As I digress there, I underrated players that could potentially be steals that are still available here. And that could may not be a first round pick, uh, but we always like mentioning some steals here. So I'll start with you, Dayton. Anyone that you have your eye on that could potentially be drafted maybe higher or even lower and just end up being be steals where they are drafted. Yeah. Well, we've talked a lot about little guys and how people keep passing on them and then they keep scoring and it's like, Oh, you, you got a great steal. It's like, well, yeah, obviously he was a fantastic <laughs> player and you looked only at his size and then stopped looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this year, I think that's going to be Luke Misa. So he's five ten, I think. Um, but he has 71 points in 54 games in the OHL, um, which is surprising. He hasn't shown up on any of like the top 20 lists I've been looking at. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the top scorers for the league for draft eligible guys. Um, he is very quick, smart, got a snappy release. I was watching some videos like it just all of a sudden the puck is gone and he's fired it into the net. Um and I was describing, oh, I forgot who I was describing tonight already, but uh, can do uh, passing or scoring as needed. He has both of those skills and um, is able to serve at any part of the uh, the ice or the lineup. Mm. So he's one that I'm going to pay real close attention to. I think he's a first round pick. He should be, but he's going to slip because of his size mm. and someone's going to end up with a fantastic prospect. <laughs> There's a guy that could end, I could end seeing in the second round too, because of that. Uh, it's just, no one seems to get it. There's just so many guys like Zach Benson is the one example that already has proven that uh, he should have been a top 10. He could have been being top five pick on talent, mm-hmm. but his size just pushed him down. And the Buffalo Sabres said, thank you very much. And took him. So, <laughs> Peter, who do you have in this category here? Yeah, definitely Misa. I think he's one name to watch. Obviously, I'm I'm very high on him. Uh, I don't know if anybody else is going to be or NHL teams are going to feel the same way, but I, I Dayton basically summed it up perfectly yeah, right there. Um, for me, I, I watch out for Andrew Basha because Hayden Lindstrom has gotten a lot of attention this year, rightfully so. Yeah. You know, big center, power forward like mentality. Great mobility. Who doesn't like that? But he's just as pesky and in your face and very determined as well. I like his play style. He can attack the middle of the ice very well. Um, Obviously, if Caden Lindstrom was healthy, he'd be, you know, in the top three in scoring. But, you know, Andrew Bash has 70 points in 51 games is still very, very impressive to me Um, because of his intensity and work ethic. Watch out for that. Same with Tanner. Howe. I think he may fly under the radar. Mm -hmm. I like his motor. I like his determination. His head coach described him as a mix of Brad Marchand and Matthew Kachuk. And, you know, teams probably (laughs) would like to see that. And me, uh, obviously another one, Beckett Seneca, uh, rewind to other past episodes of why I like Beckett Seneca as well. Um, <clears throat> excuse me uh but yeah again another power forward mentality great in tight areas 
got the hands, needs some area improvement, skating, work ethic, awareness, but he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, three great names there. I'm going to throw Cole Hudson in here because, I mean, he's fallen down a lot uh, since maybe because he's not scoring as much, but he's, again, small defenseman. Uh, he could end up probably getting drafted right around where Lane did. I uh, end of the set round, the end of the second round, maybe the third round. I don't know, but he's definitely has the talent to be a first round pick. It's just he's fallen down a lot of lists since the beginning of the season. But yeah, Hudson, I still think is going to end up being a great pick whoever, for whoever gets him, wherever they do get him. Uh, so I'm going to keep an eye on Cole Hudson as we go. I, I'll just throw in another one. Charlie Ellick is another one that could end up being at the end of the sec- first round, second round. But he's going to end up being a great pick too. Another right-hand defenseman. Uh, so lo- lots of great names that are still available after the top 16 and into the second round uh, this season. Yes, this draft may not be as elite. Like a lot of people are saying that it kind of falls off maybe after the first round. As it's not as deep as as we touted the last draft to be. But there's still some great talent uh, in this draft. So that we'll do a full first round uh, soon. With uh, maybe we'll add, try to add in, maybe we'll try to get Logan back on the show to do uh, a full first round. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be fun once we do that. But we got to wrap up our show with our prospect of the week or prospects of the week. And uh, Dayton, I'll start with you. Who do you got? I know we've mentioned him. I mentioned him at the beginning of the show, I think. You did. Yeah, <laughs> you stole my surprise a little bit. Uh, so I'm going to mention a third Tiger, uh, Gavin McKenna. So like I said, I was able to watch a Tigers game this weekend and I was paying very close attention to Andrew, ba- Andrew Basha because I am in charge of writing his prospect report. Um, and I got to say, I wasn't super impressed with him. He seemed to float a little bit. Uh, so I'd like to get a little bit more information about kind of what's going on. Um, but one guy who did stick out was Gavin McKenna. It seemed like the puck was glued to his stick anytime that he got it. He is a fantastic puck handler. Uh, and he ended up with an assist in that game against the Saskatoon Blades. The very next night, he ended up with also one assist and uh, three goals. Yes. <laughs> Put up a hat trick. Like, he just is unstoppable. And he's 16 years old. He looks smaller out there. And so he will need to bulk up. But this is a, a real special talent. He has basically everything that you'd want in a junior player right now add two years i don't know what this is going to be but i'm thinking first overall in 2026 and i'm excited to keep talking about him because we're totally going to do that (laughs) he is uh, i mean i can't believe it's 2026 not 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 next draft the one after that one uh so yeah he's gonna end up being uh big talking point throughout our next what two years i yeah. Uh, yeah we're already talking about him yeah four points in his last game on the 19th so yep. yeah i'm pretty good five in his last <laughs> two <Pretty good. laughs> he had four points he's had four points in the last i'm just looking here i'm seeing four times four points here so yep yeah it's pretty good i think <laughs> all right peter uh who do you got as your uh prospect of the week 
Uh, my prospect of the week is one of the names that we already mentioned in this mock draft. Um, he went to the Montreal Canadiens, and that is Zane Parekh. Um, 79 points, 52 games, absolutely unbelievable production. He's on pace for 100 points this year. Again, on point, on paces, you know, subjective at this point, but it's absolutely impressive that he was able to do that. But he did break a uh, Sagara Spirit uh, record, and he now is the sole, um, he is in sole first place of most points by a uh, Spirit defenseman, uh, which originally was held by Patrick McNeil in 2005, 2006, with 77 points. Preck obviously surpassed that uh, with 79 so he holds the record right now and that number is going to continue to climb and it's just absolutely fantastic what he's able to do in his draft year and the reason why many scouts are attracted to him because 116 points in 102 games over two years that's insane production and he's not stopping anytime soon so he's my prospect of the week definitely deserving of another mention that's for sure yeah Okay, mine is a guy we talked about a lot last season because uh, he was drafted by the Winnipeg Jets, and that is Colby Barlow. He's uh, dealt with injuries this this season, is a back injury early on in November, but since he's come back, he's been pretty good. He's uh, on fire, actually. His last bunch of games, which uh, his last 10, he's had six goals six goals in the last five i mean so even better six goals in his last five games and he's got multiple goal games in four of those as four of his last 10 i yeah he's he's looking like he's again not on pace for the same numbers as last season but that's because of his injury he's only going to be playing 50 games this season unless he he stays healthy unless he gets hurt um again but he's got 45 points in 37 games, 31 goals. He had 46 last season, but he's still on pace for 42, even though he's been he's been dealing with that injury. I yeah, Colby Barlow, he's gonna end up being a really good a guy for the Jets. And we've talked about him a lot, but just want to highlight him again. We haven't talked about him in a bit. And um he's looks like that injury didn't fell him too much, which is good. So uh, back injuries can be hopefully it's not something that sticks with them because back injuries sometimes do as into their NHL careers. So hopefully that doesn't happen with him, but doesn't look like he's running worse for where with what he's doing right now. So Kobe Barlow is my prospect of the week. All right. Well, there's another episode of prospect corner at uh, thanks Dayton. Thanks Peter for coming on the show. I thanks everyone for coming on and tuning into the show. Uh, we're going to be, again, we're going to be talking about the draft a lot in the next uh, few weeks. After the trade deadline, we're going to have our prospect our prospect profiles coming out of the hockey writers, fast and furious. Uh, they're they're going to come out pretty quick. A lot of the top names will be first, so you'll see them. Uh, probably Macklin Celebrini will be one of the first ones out, Peter. I know Maybe. You've, uh, you're working Maybe. on that. <laughs> uh, so uh, lots of great names coming out. So Take a look for that. Keep an eye out on the Substack for uh, for Dane's rankings and any other profile or any other articles that are coming out. And at thehockeyrights.com for all of our draft coverage and our prospect coverage as we continue on to the 2024 draft. The last one that's actually going to be an in-person one, which is sad to me. Uh, it's just going to be, a, I don't know how they're going to deal with it. I'm not even really sure. 
But uh, this is the last one that we're going to see is a, the traditional draft. So we're going to savor that. But until next time, we'll see you on another episode of Prospect Corner.